0: What up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing, brother? How are you? Good. How you doing?
1: We're doing well, man. It was was, was funny the other day. Zach and I have been kind of ripping through these podcasts lately, and I know when I was talking to Zach, like, we've been bringing on some really interesting people, some doctors talking about COVID a lot. I'm like, shit, like, we haven't really brought anyone to talk training. Um, So what we were talking about was kind of just how about strength training and how about fitness and how about like, you know, uh, hypertrophy. And and then I started thinking about, you know, it's it's interesting. I really want to bring someone on Zach and I want to bring someone who really, really knows their, their stuff. I've been in the business now 21 years. So you've got to be in it. How, How long now around that?
0: Same, yeah, I'm a uh, li- little longer. I started at 21. I'm 45 now. It's like 23, 24 years doing this shit.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I've been. I'm 43. So when I was talking to Zach, I'm like, man, this is a guy that I've just seen evolve over the last two decades. You know, or
0: two decades. Let's put it that way of me actually doing it.
1: And what's funny about it is, is you know, I went back into it recently to kind of look at. Um, I don't know if it was the 1.0 or the 2.0 version, or if you even have a 2.0 version. I think it was the kind of the the first version. And I looked at it; it was still like very relevant like I, I love how you kind of took because I know West Side well and, and how you yeah. took your max effort days but then you almost had a chart where you were able to choose off of you know max effort more of your I think like more of like your dynamic effort but your yep. dynamic effort wasn't as much for change you more got into jumping and you more got into a lot yeah. more plyometric stuff and I thought about it I was like Wow, that was really fucking smart for someone to do that, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and then I started kind of diving into your social a little bit more. And I'm looking at what you're posting now. And what I love about it is you're, you know, you're, you're feeding into it a little bit, meaning like you're giving people what they, what they need, you know, right yeah. now. For, for instance, it was, um, you gave a pigeon squat the other day and I commented on it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. almost like a modified pigeon pose on a bench. And you were, um, I think you were doing, it was almost like a one-legged squat. And you were talking about your glutes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I, I've seen a lot of stuff out there. I'm like, that, that, that's really interesting. And and I liked it and it I just, it started making me think. So
0: I always love hearing the the background of uh, you know what what made you give me a call and, and ask me to to do the show. So it's funny because it does, I get asked a lot now uh, with like having a podcast myself and posting on social media, like people will ask, "How do you come up with stuff?" I don't post every single day, but I'm I'm pretty consistent. And my thing is, you know, I, I I read DMs, I read comments, and I listen to the questions people are asking or the problems that people are coming up with, and then I post content based on that. It's that's how my stuff has really evolved. Like I started training a lot of high school kids, and I posted a lot of athletic-based stuff and strength training for athletes and strength training to improve sprinting speed and uh, you know 40-yard dashes and vertical jumps were like my obsession 20 years ago but now i guess i I evolved because the questions that i get asked evolved my my content's gone a little bit more towards the general pop uh clientele so to speak just because uh that's there there's more of them out there, and those are the people that are, that are asking, asking more questions at this point, and I guess even relate with guys like us, because now all those, you know, the heavy benching and the heavy squatting and all the stuff we did years ago without warming up and not giving a shit about any of that stuff, it, it starts to, you know, add up and your body starts to uh, talk to you a little bit more when you wake up in the morning. So we, we, we have to change things, otherwise you're not going to be in this game uh,
2: too long. Yeah, you know, I'm curious from for both of you guys that you know you're you're two people that attack the profession in a way where you want to learn more and you want to evolve more. Uh, whatever sparks that evolution, but at the same time, there's a lot of people like Don was saying earlier that don't really like that when people change course. Have you had to encounter, either of you had to encounter those types of people? Who are-
0: I'm not not a ton of that, but I definitely, uh, I would say a week doesn't go by where I don't get at least one DM or comment of like, oh, you got soft. I like better when you were posting more heavy lifting videos and you mm-hmm. used to train all these savages and these animals flipping 800 pound tires and doing this crazy stuff like, what, what happened to that and it's not that that type of stuff doesn't go on anymore but again I evolved my clientele is no longer 15 to 17 year old young healthy resilient kids who could you could pretty much do anything with and right. you know they'll be okay you, you might if the coaches that are doing damage to those kids they get away with it and then you know it doesn't catch up until maybe they're in their late 20s 30s 40s or whatever it may be so yeah i I get that a lot but again it's i'm trying to i I genuinely enjoy helping people i know a lot of people say that now but i you know i i got in this 100 because i love being in the gym i love helping people and now at 45 i just turned 45 last week i'm helping as many people as possible, reaching more people now with social media and, you know, it's got its its positives and negatives, but certainly one of the positives is we could reach more people online. And online the, the questions I'm getting are now more from the 40 plus year old crowd or 30 plus year old crowd that's saying, hey i i can't just walk into the gym and throw right. on the bench and start lifting anymore but i still want to train what should i do and that's why you're seeing a lot more you know content on mobility and warming up and how to make light weights feel heavy and how to get results you, you talked about hypertrophy yeah we all want to be jacked and we all want to look good but there's more than one way to do that you know hmm. you, you improve that mechanical tension that that heavy ass strength training is still a passion of mine it's what i love to do most but at this point my joints i actually uh, have an mri on my shoulder on friday i probably have to have shoulder surgery my uh mm-hmm. that it, the labrum is completely torn supraspinatus tendon torn bicep mm-hmm. tendon torn there's not too many videos of me doing things sloppily or completely wrong right but 35 years of heavy lifting
1: it's going play a toll on you.
0: Yeah, your body can only take so much, so uh, that's why that that content is is gearing more towards the warming up properly and getting results without only just lifting heavy. That's one variable. That's one way to progress, but progressive overload can mean a lot more things than just adding more weight to the bar. And I
1: think what you what you're referring to is like, listen, there's there's a cost of doing business. I mean, everyone always thinks that, you know, when you when you turn around and when you when you strength train. Oh, this is healthy well when it starts getting into the weights that you were doing and i know the weights that you were doing and you start you know you know and you're up you know between whatever it is a 400 500 pound bench press there's a cost of doing business i think the advantage that i had was you know and you were talking about how people online criticize you i've been getting criticized for 20 years when i opened my business it was revolved around golf fitness, which we all know that's just creating better athletes. So I started a business there and in like three or four years into it, you know, I met Hugh Jackman and he's like, you know, you've you got a good physique on you, you know a lot about it. And I'm like, yeah. So then the next thing you know, I become a superhero coach. So everyone was always kind of knocking me where they were like, no, you know, the trainers like, no, he works with golfers. He doesn't work with physique people. And the physique people were like, y- you know, it's like a whole complete yeah. cluster. I-, I never think I overstayed my welcome with my training to where, you know, I got buddies of mine that are You know, I saw a buddy of mine the other day pull, I think, 870 off the floor. And it, like, yanked it up where I literally, like, jumped back. I was like, holy shit. And But there's a cost of doing business, man. (laughs) When you get into those weights, it gets tough. So, you know, I I did exactly what a lot of strength coaches said you shouldn't do. Keep the goal the goal. Like, know what you're training for. And I'm like, I just train for everything, you know. But I would would commit for training blocks for three to four months. It might have been a powerlifting block, and I trained like a powerlifter. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to feel slow. I want to get into more work capacity or I want to get into more plyometrics. And I would dive into that for another month to two months.
0: When you talk about the the criticism online, I, I do notice you start working with, with celebrities, pro athletes, movie stars, you're going, you're going to get criticism because people are just jealous
2: because- That's, Yeah, it's a jealousy thing.
0: I think we all have met some of these people that could quote every study and are very knowledgeable. They have a lot of knowledge in their brain, but no, communication skills Just no people skills whatsoever and they think i'm smarter than him and i know more than him i should be training their clientele and that's a whole instead of like we you opened up this podcast with instead of thinking hey how can i get better what am i doing wrong why isn't my clientele where i think it should be you got to kind of let that one that that you chalk that up to to jealousy and the the training criticism i get i notice it's a lot of people like in their early 30s or like, you know, 20s and those who just haven't gone through it yet. And and I I understand that because I was them. I noticed the training criticisms come from a lot of younger meathead types who just, they, they, they don't have the years yet that uh, that we have. So they they haven't experienced it yet.
1: Joe, how many kids do you have? Is it two?
0: Y- yeah, I have two kids.
1: I know there's a lot of young, um, trainers young athletes that they they don't have kids but kids really change you you know they really change you from a zach from a a business standpoint but also i think just a life's perspective i mean how is that what has that done to both of you
0: it changed everything i have twin girls now they're about to turn nine and um awesome it's just yeah it's it's tough to put into words but i I, you go from you being the center of the universe i i wanted things done my way i liked my routine my schedule and i wouldn't have it any other way like for me it worked i when i i always say if i was in like a serious relationship when i started my business i don't think i would have been able to put the the time and effort that i put into it i'm not saying you can't that was just me it was my schedule i didn't have to no compromising for anyone i i did everything my way and then uh kids come along and it just like instantly you are now i go to work for them i i want to provide for them even my training i went from wanting to be i still want to be you know strong and be able the the old joke of like you know they start bringing boys home i want to still be intimidating enough to scare (laughs) the shit out of them but even like i got more into health and and doing more, a little more cardio and going for morning walks and paying a little bit more attention to my mental health and eating a little bit cleaner because it, it was more about, hey, I wanna be around for a really long time for my kids. And it just, yeah, it, 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 to put it simply, it literally changed everything for me, but for the better. Zach?
2: Oh no, my family is the worst. I can't. <laughs> uh, no, I, I get, I get what you mean, man. Like uh priority shift immediately. Like, you know, and I actually talked about this with Don leading up to when my wife uh, was giving birth. And even after it was like my, I felt like, you know, oh, I got to train, I got to train. And he was like, just train whenever you can, who cares? And I was like, yeah, who cares? Like, and like, as, as much as this has been a weird situation with um, the, the outbreak and the pandemic, the one takeaway, uh, you know, the positive that keeps me going is like, wow, I get to spend so much more time with my family. And man, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that because I've seen my daughter do things that I, I, I may have missed because I was in an office and I just didn't have the time to dedicate. And when I would have beaten the shit out of myself for it before, I was okay with it.
0: Yeah, I changed the whole course of my business when, when uh, like Zach mentioned, I I experienced that the first two years my girls were born, like missing a few things, and my gym was only ten minutes from our house. But for me, and it, it's it's a fault of mine when I had my big gym that w- was you know packed. We had athletes coming from all over the world flying in, training with us. I just I had a very tough time not being there and saying no yeah I was oh my I'm still I still struggle with that I've gotten better but I was you know the people pleaser yes to everyone I tried well maybe I'll you know I'll help my wife out in the morning so I spent some time with the kids and then that one athlete says hey can you train me at eight in the morning instead of ten I got something to do and you say yes And next thing I know I'm at the gym from eight a.m. to ten p.m. And you start missing things. And that's why a lot of people ask, like, why did you get rid of your – you had this, like, super successful gym like anyone would dream of, having all these athletes coming from all over the country. And now I've kind of gone full circle, downsized to this small little private thousand-square-foot gym where I train a handful of clients and now work mostly from home for that reason is just – I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. But you're happier. You're probably happier. Way happier.
1: Yeah, but you know what? It's funny, when, as you're talking about that, I almost, you made me think maybe it's you know, so, some, so many of the golfers that I worked with, but if you have a golfer come in and they have something dysfunctional in their swing, it's not like like I always revert back to a specific lean in my swing that's, that's, that's bad. It's just something like when things go wrong, I revert back to it. And I almost think of it with business as you were so trained to perform a specific way for so many years. And then out of nowhere, you literally woke up and you have two beautiful little girls, you have a beautiful wife. It's like, wow, life's different. It's really good. It's different. And it's not that you were neglecting them. You just weren't used to thinking that way. Like you weren't, yes. like you had to almost retrain and get rid of that dysfunction in your movement pattern. And that stuff that's takes some time. That's a great
0: analogy. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And that's exactly what it was. And I do miss me walking into the gym and having 30 athletes in there. Like I, I miss that part, but. Generally speaking, day to day, I am way happier now. My, I work my ass off. I work a lot of hours, but it's, it's on my time.
2: Yeah, I mean, Don, um, you know, you, it's funny because it's, I, I know you've gone through that, that evolution before of uh, just those epiphanies of understanding, like, what's important, and, uh, but in terms of changing the model, Mm -hmm. of the business. Like you're, you know, you're in a spot now where, you know, your gym has not been open for quite a long time. Like Don, has, has this, has this changed how you are approaching business and same with you, Joe, has it changed how you're approaching this? And, And not just from a, like from your family standpoint, but just from a business standpoint or from a gym owner standpoint,
1: I'm in a different situation that than most are. I mean, I know that Joe and I talked about it. Everyone looks at the big gym and they think it's this cash cow and Joe and I both know, we don't even have to really talk, but I'm looking in his eyes right now. There've been many sleepless nights where you're saying to yourself, holy shit, are we going to be here in a week? Like I'm signing right now a six-month deal where I can cancel in 30 30 days. And I'm doing that because I don't know if business is going to restore. And if it wasn't for my digital, yeah, it would be, you know, disastrous. I mean, yeah, you get PPP and yeah, you have savings and you have specific things that are going to get you through. But, you know, I'm... I'm right now thinking about how much a business is gonna go away. How I'm thinking differently right now is rather than putting my foot on the gas and just saying, all right, let's re-sign a 10-year lease and let's go. I've got to be a little bit more cautious because we all take risks when we get into business. But I've got to be a little more cautious. It's not about the price per square foot right now. It's about is business going to come back? And that's something that's completely out of my hands.
2: You also have employees and I want to hear what Joe has to say too. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you both have employees that are are wondering like, what are you going to do? What is the future hold? And like how, when you really don't know, how do those conversations go?
0: I'd, I'd actually like to hear uh, Don from you because you're in a, in a different position now because of the way I restructured my business. I only have my spot was real, it was just for me. And right. now you have one guy helping me out who's awesome and I wanna take care of him. But, it's, if, but right. um, yeah, with, with even my, my one guy, I, we've been just trying, we just went back last week um, but, again, much different situation because we have two athletes, three athletes to one trainer coming in. It's, it's, it's tailor-made for kind of social mm-hmm. distancing, appointment only. It's, it's how my new smaller private gym is set up anyway. Uh, but I'm just – I'm trying to help him out because, yeah, you feel responsible for 100%. people. So I, I've been lucky there. But Don, I'd love to hear how you're dealing. Yeah, with
1: that. I, I mean, listen, I think I think the trainers right now are are thrilled because we've been um, we've still been impl- you know they're still making money. They're still training clients digitally. They've been you know I've been looking at the graph the other day and and there's and there's an uptick on their on their you know Zoom calls. Business doesn't come back. You know, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm going to be able to pull the plug, focus on digital see what happens with the economy, repivot and do kind of what you did where I would downsize instead of 15,000 square feet in Soho, I'd go to more like 7,000 feet. We've always focused a lot on -on one-on-one. So, you know, when you're coming into a 15,000 square foot facility and there's only 50 to 100 people walking through there a day, um, it already, this already kind of plays to our model. It's way safer than say Equinox. Equinox, you know, had to furlough all their coaches. You know, fortunately I've kept 90% of my workforce on. Can I do that forever? Absolutely not. But I think the coaches understand right now that at every other facility, you know, things are put on hold and a lot of coaches have been laid off and they're in a much better situation here. So I had a conversation with them and I said, listen, I've done everything that you guys could have imagined I could have done during this situation from PPP to keeping a specific amount of employees on. And, um, you know, you guys got to do your part also. And I think it was a real kind of coming to it where like, I'm not going to sit here and spoon feed you. And I think they all respected it and they understood it. And listen, again, I'm not going to continue on something that just doesn't make sense. Five months from now, four months from now, if we're back in the grind and only 20% of my business restored, I don't care if I am saving 50 to 60% from the landlord. The math doesn't work out there, does it? So we got to move on.
0: I have the same exact thing. My lease was up even on a much smaller scale, but uh, I, I have month by month now so I have to give thirty days notice too. So it made me breathe a little easier and feel a little better knowing if if our clients don't, even though we're not training a ton out of my private spot, I, I don't know. They might not. Maybe they. Maybe people aren't going to feel comfortable training in person anymore, and then we'll get rid of that aspect of it altogether and and really go all in on the online stuff.
2: Had, had Joe, have you been getting a lot of, um, have you been still getting a lot of inquiries about the, uh, the certification, like the online CPPS course?
0: Yeah, that, that is basically, thankfully, that's the, the aspect of our business that it, it almost tripled. We, we put together what's real, we, we are very proud of uh, the, our online courses now, just as good, if not better, as our in-person course and we saw signups of that like i say quadruple uh triple to quadruple over the last three months
1: now um can you talk about because i i know if someone wants to learn about your training course where would you send them anyway what would be the site
0: the online site is cppsacademy.com.
1: cool so if anyone
0: it's it's certified physical preparation specialist yeah. we we kind of cover all aspects of physical prep it's not just a specialty mobility course or strength course we we it's the whole gamut that's certainly the name came
1: and that's getting into my that's getting into my next question so what can you talk about your your system
0: first thing they come in we do an assessment I, I I and I'm sure you've seen it too I think way too many gyms trainers they get a new client and it's like oh hey mrs jones awesome you know you let's get the money and you, let's get started and you just they just start training people it always baffled me like how do you know what to do how do you know what they've done previous? what they like what they dislike so that's where we start uh we start we start with the assessment and the basics of just breathing assessment pre-movement prep uh, before we get started, the Smitty and I, who my, my partner in the certification, Jim Smith of Diesel Strength and Conditioning, our first, we first um, met and came together and, and uh, collaborated on our Amped warmup, it was a DVD back when we did it. And we both started YouTube channels and we each had like one or two warmup videos that we put because people had asked that question. And both were shocked at the amount of feedback, positive feedback it got. The, the middle of the road, quick, effective warm up, that thing blew up and, and sold in like 20 something different countries. And this is before the internet was even that popular. So that really opened up our eyes. And that's a big part of the CERT, our warm up system. I still feel like watching someone warm up, watching them skip and lunge and squat. And in my case with athletes, then watching them sprint, there's no better assessment than watching someone move. move. And uh, that's that we, we teach our warm-up protocol and system in the CERT, and it's also what I start. My first workout is really predominantly a warm-up that I'm also assessing and seeing how they move, seeing any imbalances, strengths, weaknesses, etc. Then, depending on their goal, will test them in the more what I would consider performance based lifts or activities. Um, I'll do a, a, a force velocity test to see if someone's more force velocity profiling, see if they're more force dominant or velocity dominant. Real simple, and this is a fun one you could do with regular clients too. I, I, people enjoy this kind of information. You don't need any special equipment. Test the, their vertical jump. And if you don't have any specific jump mat or any of the expensive equipment, just have them put a little chalk on their fingers, stand up on the uh, stand right next to a wall, reach up and touch as high as you can, put a chalk mark, then re-chalk your hand, jump up and touch the wall, measure the distance between those two chalk marks. That's your vertical jump. You would test the vertical jump, give them a couple minutes rest, and then test their static jump. So have them squat down but pause for three to five seconds and then jump. So you're basically – we're negating the effects of the stretch shortening cycle and, and kind of preventing that, that elastic component, the momentum. Uh, we're taking that out. It's more of a, a test of just pure strength. You compare those two jumps – generally you want the the static jumps going to be within like 80 to 85 percent of the counter movement Mm -hmm. jump that's kind of a balanced someone who is kind of as strong as they are powerful like a a force velocity relationship that's pretty even but you'll see a lot of people that could jump almost as high with a, a static pause as they do as a regular vertical jump they're more strength dominant or force dominant if that's an athlete they might benefit from programming more plyometrics sprints quicker dynamic effort type lifts so that'll help you talk about getting quicker results and looking real smart and and doing better than maybe the trainer down the street that you're competing with instead of just programming exercises that little piece of information could could tell you so much and then you could program more strength or more dynamic effort type movements. And I'm telling you, the results, you wanna talk about speeding up the process mm. of making an athlete better, whether it's stronger, more explosive, a combination of both. That little test right there, man, is a game changer. Uh, so we, yes, yeah, so that, that would be like the, the assessment, the first session, and then I sit down with the athlete, go over what I saw and what I think would best benefit them then you also have to get listen to them and in the real world not everyone could afford to train with us four or five times a week for years on end you got to see what they could realistically do and then we usually kind of try to meet somewhere in the middle design the program and then they come in and uh start training
1: i got a quick question for you joe as a coach We've just gotten smarter in the last two decades. You're a much smarter coach than you were 20 years ago. I am. Zach is. But do you feel like your training's become more simple? <laughs> yes, 100%. Like, right. When you started describing stuff, even though, you know, it potentially can lose a newbie, I, I just thought how simple it was. And I'm I like, you, you know, so talk to us about that a little bit.
0: It was one of those things where I, I, I finally just – realized that i don't know if it w- if it was a day or you know over the course of maybe a year or so where i was like i really i'm not i have to stop trying to impress other people and i don't think i ever did it consciously but it certainly a subconscious thing where you want to look smarter so you're programming you might program more sophisticated exercises that aren't really necessary for that client or you know you're switching things up more often than you really need to because you want to look again like you know more and i think that's it's gotten worse in the the instagram age that we live in but we should be in this because we genuinely again we spoke about this earlier you should be in this industry because you genuinely want to help people most people again you assess them and you see where they're lacking do they need just more general fitness conditioning do they need more mobility strength Uh, you know and then you you fill in the the pieces of the puzzle and when you really look at it it's like you have mobility you have strength you have conditioning so to speak you know power speed and with that within each of those categories it's the basics like getting someone fast most people have them running some sprints and just knowing some basic sprint mechanics. And it's funny how you mentioned, like, has my programming got more simple? Yes. And I think what would also shock a lot of people is how similar, like your average Joe general pop client, how, how much similar a lot of their, their workouts might be to a, a, a high level athlete. Like we're all humans. We're all, we're, right. we're all human beings. We all move the same way. We all have the same body parts. Like getting someone stronger, it, it's, it's not that difficult. We have a, ba- a bunch of basic movements. There, there's three to five money exercises for each of those that you could stick with and, and pretty much get anybody better. I want to be the guy that gets results. I don't care if I look smart. I don't care if people call me dumb. I want to be the guy that you go to and everyone gets what, whatever you came to me for you achieve that goal. And if you leave, go, go and wow, that was waste. He didn't really do anything that crazy or that off the wall. I'm fine with it. But that's you know, being I mean, mature, right? But
2: that's also, but that's being mature and, and putting your yeah. ego down rather than like wanting to seem like you're, you know, creating this, like, you know, this Don to this, this crazy thing. It's like, you know, that's not what you need.
0: I, and the, the, it, it's funny because most of the, the pro athletes that I've worked with when I was doing a lot of the NFL combine training, they were so relieved when I was like, hey, we're not going to Olympic lift here. They were like, oh, thank God. I Like most of them didn't like it. But just to also show their young trainers listening, I, I could probably count on one hand, but I specifically remember, this is like back in 1999, I remember I had an, an athlete from Hofstra, Dave Fury, who ended up playing in the NFL for like 10, 12 years. He was great. At the Olympic lifts, super strong, big lineman. I remember him. He he asked me when I said, "Yeah, I don't really program Olympic lifts." He was like, "Dude, I love to clean. I feel stronger when I do it. I feel more explosive." I watched him do it. I watched this dude like power clean three sixty five for five perfectly. I mm. said, "Okay, we're <laughs> gonna. You're, I will program it for you because I could see how you're benefiting benefiting from it." So I don't think they're bad. If you could do them, and I have, and if we have a small window, and you are already pretty proficient with them, and, and you're getting a, a, a training effect from them, you could overload that exercise and get something out of it. I'm all for it, and I've programmed it for athletes that like it and feel like they've benefited from it. But if I if I'm pinched, I got six weeks with someone, and you're gonna, I got to choose between Olympic lifting or some basic jumps and med ball throws no and brainer. dynamic effort. work, no I'm, I'm choosing the the ladder every time it's
1: it's a it's a no-brainer all right man well listen um joe first off thanks for coming on can you let everyone listening know um you, you mentioned your cert but i want you to mention your cert again and i want you to mention your youtube channel and your instagram and any other social media contact etc uh,
0: yeah I, pr- I appreciate that uh I, I put most of my mostly on instagram is where most of my content i post at this point so i'm at the gym on instagram the certification the especially the online one we, uh, I th- believe we kept we we put a, a pretty sizable discount during the whole coronavirus thing, and we've kept it. I think we're going to keep it for the remainder of the summer. So, if you want to check out the online sir, it's cppsacademy.com, and then the promo code or discount code is one word: stay home. Uh, and I think that saves over like two hundred dollars <laughs> on yeah. the cert. So it's a really really good discount there, and you. You, with the online cert, you gain lifetime access to all the video modules, so you will have that as a resource um, forever. And then the other thing, I have my own podcast, The Industrial Strength Show, new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, that is the my main platforms.
1: I love it. I love go. it. Well, guys, for everyone listening, uh, Joe is someone that I've been following for a long time, a very brilliant coach, a very relatable coach, and it's been uh, fun to – become friends with them so I, I highly recommend you checking out his sites um social media youtube all that good stuff and joe thanks again man we really can't you can't thanks thank you. for having me on
0: guys yeah, thank thank you, awesome. thanks zach all right later done. later Bye, guys. have a great day guys